best way to start your day. Good morning. Good morning, Westchester, with Dennis and Tommy. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9, right here on 1460 WVOX. 1460 WVOX. They're playing basketball. We love that basketball. They're playing Good evening! How are you out there tonight? It is Jim Maceno, and this is College Hoops Chat. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks for being part of the show. This is episode number three. Happy to tell you, having a great time coming in here on Monday night to talk about college basketball, something I love a lot. So thank you for tuning in. I appreciate it. Uh, On tonight's episode, our special guest is going to be my friend Vin Ochani. Uh, he's a Twitter friend. How about that? We're bringing in a Twitter friend tonight who's a St. John's Red Storm super fan. He loves St. John's, and we made friends by both rooting for St. John's. I root for St. John's as well, and we made friends, and he's a, a very thoughtful guy. He's a lawyer, uh, but as much as he loves probably being a lawyer and taking care of his family, he loves St. John's basketball. It'll be fun to talk uh, with my friend Vin Achani today. Um, also Kenny from Rye, who's becoming a regular caller, my buddy from high school, Ken Nixon, is going to call and talk about the Big East Media Day, uh, and his love, of course, is Providence, where he went to college, the Providence Friars, a very strong basketball team. Um, and we're going to talk a little tonight with both, uh, Vin and Ken about the ranking the coaches did for the Big East Conference. I found it interesting, and we're going to talk about that with both of them. Um, Little note, our, our local home team, I own a college. Uh, their schedule is really starting to come in crystal clear now for the off-conference schedule. As I told you guys uh, in the last two shows, across the nation, teams are having a real problem getting non-conference games scheduled. There are schools that have like 0-1 non-conference game schedule. They're like in a crisis. Uh, I've heard, or not so much heard, but saw on the internet, like off the record coaches saying like, I'm not going to be able to get five, six games. It's not going to happen before the start, our start of the season. So teams are really struggling, but not Iona. The Iona College Gales now have a non-conference schedule that's pretty much set. Six games. Six games. All right, let me go through them quickly with you. Iona opens on November 25th at Fordham. On 11-29, they play University of Massachusetts, or as we call them, UMass. 12-1, playing Buffalo, and 12-2, playing Vermont. Now, those three games, UMass, Buffalo, and Vermont, are up at Mohican Sun, the casino up in Connecticut. So, uh, those games are on neutral court there. UMass, Buffalo, and Vermont. Uh, On 12-5, Iona plays Wagner at home. And then on um, 12-23, this is the new one, just added, maybe in the last 24 hours, Iona is playing against Hofstra. I'm not sure who's the home team yet on that game. I'll get to you that next Tuesday. So Iona's got quite a nice off-conference schedule. Fordham, UMass, Buffalo, Vermont, Wagner, Hofstra. The reason I say a really nice non-conference schedule is uh, none of those teams you would think would blow out Iona, but they're all either as good as Iona or a little better than Iona. So Iona's going to get challenged in a real tough non-conference schedule 
uh, with their new coach, Rick Pitino. And it's going to be very interesting how this all plays out. Um, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. I own a non-conference schedule now that I see uh, what the games are. And uh, let's soon start talking about how we can watch the games. I'm going to get information to folks on where you can watch these games. Obviously, I want to get into that quickly before we get our call with Vin at 8.15. I see posts where people are saying, I'm looking forward to buy tickets. I'm looking forward to going to the games. Or, or, or people are reaching out to me on Twitter and saying, uh, are, are we going to be able to go to games? Now, let me just tell you, folks, I don't think we're going to be going to college basketball games this season in New York. Uh, I'm telling it to you straight here today. Right now, as we sit here today, the state of New York's ruling on fans at sporting events is no. Fans can't go to sporting events in New York State, at least at the college and professional level. Um, you can't have fans at a Buffalo Bill game. Uh, there's no fans even in Jersey with the uh, Jets and Giants. Um, Syracuse University, uh, playing up in that giant dome, no fans. Um, University of Buffalo, where I went to law school, no fans. So right now, outdoors, even limiting, say, 20% of the uh, possible attendance, they're saying no fans at sporting events. Based on what I just told you, that that's the current policy, does anyone really think the state's going to change that policy to let people inside gymnasiums? Uh, I don't see it. I don't see it. Uh, as, as, as we have this show right now, I don't believe there'll be any uh, fans at basketball games in these northeastern states that are a little more aggressive about the coronavirus. All right? That's my... Uh, thing to say today to all of you. Um, I'm working on an article for the website. Remember, I have a website that goes with this radio show. I should say it all the time so people go look at it. Collegehoopschat.com. I'll say it again. Collegehoopschat.com. Go to that website uh, and see the posts I put up so far. I got to get a few more up this week. I, I wanted to put an extra one up last week. I missed it. I was so kind of got busy with work. But this week, we're going to get some good ones up. I'm actually talking to some officials in New York State about this issue of fans at games. So I think that'll be interesting uh, what kind of feedback I get uh, from state New York State officials. If you don't know, I am the Director of Consumer Protection for Westchester County. So I am involved in government and know people up in Albany and talk to some of the state, legis already, state legislators already about this issue of fans at games. So uh, I'll get you more information soon. The other thing I'm going to write an article soon about, but I got more research to do. I'm in the middle of it, is different ways fans can watch the Iona games. Now, I watch it on ESPN Plus, and that's probably the best way, but I want to see if there's any other options for you uh, to watch Iona and any other school that's not having their game national televised on one of these cable networks. So, um, uh, and a lot of schools have that situation. So, um, I thought it was really great to see Iona was playing Hofstra, by the way. I love when the New York schools play each other. I think it's a it's really good to challenge each other. Who's who's the top dog uh, in the New York metropolitan area in college basketball? When I was a kid, it was that way. When I was a kid, it was that way, folks. Uh, we got away from it. I would like to see Iona play Fordham every year. I'd like to see Iona play Hofstra. By the way, the Hofstra deal is for three years. 2020, 2021, 2022. Three years Iona Hofstra are going to play each other. So I think that's terrific. All right. And congratulations to Iona, by the way. New coach, new season, lots of transition going on. But Iona got six games for a non-conference schedule. And as we talked about earlier, 
it's a really nice non-conference schedule. So uh, I'm impressed with the Iona College Gales, uh, the athletic director, everyone running the basketball program, the coach, Rick Patino and his assistants. We had Casey Stanley do such a great job, assistant coach on our show last week. Um, good stuff. By the way, all of my shows are on Anchor. Anchor is a podcasting website. Anchor, if you put Jim Masano or College Hoops Chat, Anchor, you'll find it. Uh, all the shows are being posted up there after I'm done. All right? So that should be great. All right, great. I got through my first 15 minutes, uh, and we're going to have a call soon for my friend again, Vin Achani. Uh, it should be very good. All right, so we have, is that the call? How about, oh, it's George Latimer. How about that? Listen, folks, this is the Westchester County Executive uh, and my boss, George Latimer. Hello, George. George? I think we lost him. Hey, Jim, I'm here. Oh, you're there. Hello, George. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How you doing? Thank you so much for calling. Cole, this is great for you. A little break from all your hard work as county executive and doing some college hoops chat. Well, when you, when you told me that you're doing the show, I figured good. Put a little bookmark now. I can turn off uh, that other stuff that I have to listen to and turn on something I actually want to listen to. Good. Just talking about sports. So I have to tell you, I just, you know, not really sort of a question, but a comment. As a, as a graduate of Fordham, undergraduate, uh, when I was there, they had the best team that they had had any time in the last 50 years, which was the team that made it into the NCAAs. They got one round deep before they lost to Villanova and the uh, Howard Porter team. Digger Phelps. I, you, yeah, I just got to tell you, it's very frustrating that, you know, a program like Fordham, you know, Fordham is a major university in the, in the region, it's got, it's got great academics, this, that, and the other thing. Beautiful campus, great-looking campus, and all that. A lot of great alumni and so forth. Why they can't get a competitive basketball team. I'm not saying win the NCAAs, but make the tournament every so often, win a round or two, win in the Patriots League. Don't constantly be a bottom feeder. It takes five guys on a court, a couple guys off the bench. You don't have to have five superstars. You really have to have three really good players. You know, I mean, as you follow college basketball, what explains not performing better? So a couple of things. So one of the problems for uh, Fordham is they've jumped conferences twice. You know, they were in the MAC conference, which is a really good conference for them. Uh, that was a conference they could win, the same conference Iona is still in. That was a mistake, I think, leaving the MAC. They went to the Patriot, which you could argue was a place where, with schools just like Fordham, top academics, uh, good basketball programs. They went to the Patriot League, and that might have been a good fit for them, too. But if you remember, George, they left the Patriot League a few years back, and they went to the Atlantic 10. Atlantic 10 is a strong league. It's just off the power conferences. Uh, Fordham has never, ever gotten their legs in that conference. Uh, they really, sh I mean, it probably won't happen now, but they should get out of that conference. They can't play in that conference with the players they're recruiting, the team they have, um, and they've been getting pounded for years now since they joined the Atlantic 10. If you look at the years, George, when they were in the Patriot League, they were still pretty good. Yeah. So it was a yeah, big they mistake. Competitive, at least. They had a couple of years where they had a winning record. Yeah. George, you know that Fordham is opening this year uh, against Iona? Well, I'll tell you, that's going to be interesting. Well, my daughter went to Iona. Obviously, we have a lot of friends that go to all these schools. My sister went to Manhattan College. So those are the two games that if we lose, oh, George Mason, where one of my older nephews went. But anytime Fordham plays any sport, but football or basketball, an Iona or a Manhattan, you know, it's like, uh, you know, family pride is on the line. And I must tell you, you know, getting Rick Pitino 
uh, you know, who knows what's going to happen in terms of recruitment. But the guy is masterful at, at getting quality players to come his way. And while he may not make a Kentucky or a Louisville out of, the, out of Iona, it's certainly going to be an excellent team. I mean, he's certainly going to be able to recruit guys who are going to say, hey, I, I, work, I play for Rick Pitino. Somebody's watching. I, I may get, you know, I may get a shot. It's happening. It's happening already, George. He brought in eight recruits already uh, just for this upcoming season. Eight players he brought in. Um, and some really good players. Uh, it's going to be unbelievable. There, People are Dick Vitale, you know, the famous Dick Vitale, the famous yeah, basketball sure. guru on ESPN. He's saying that Rick Pitino's going to turn Iona into the Gonzaga of the Northeast. Works for me right here in hometown New Rochelle, George. It, I'll tell you what, New Rochelle deserves a champion, and, uh, you know, I'm, rooting, I'm certainly rooting for Iona in these things. And it just, you know, it just goes to show one more time around the track, I, you know, I don't know the relative... Financial uh, strength of the two commu- of the two schools. I have to assume Fordham financially is better off than Iona, but you know it's it's a question of, of managerial commitment. How how committed are you at the top of the pyramid? We were just rejoicing over the fact that the Wilpons are gone from having control of the Mets, and for good reason. They were not committed to winning. Jim Jim Dolan running the Knicks not committed to winning. George Steinbrenner, you know I'm a Mets fan as are you, but you got to give George Steinbrenner his his due. Committed to winning. Yeah. No question. No question. George, listen, I want to thank you so much for calling. I know you're real busy. Hope you can call in again. Let, why don't we, well, let's let's make a date, if you don't mind, George. Why don't you call in next, the week before they own a Fordham game, and we'll go through and do a little preview for it. You bet. I'll do a little homework, so we'll have a good conversation. I'll have a more in-depth knowledge of the teams and have a good conversation. That would be Jim, fantastic. you a great job in this and in that. Keep both of them up. Thank you so much, George. Bye-bye now. Bye now. Folks, that was George Latimer, the Westchester County Executive, on a surprise call. And we're very happy uh, to have him as a fan now of the College Hoops Chat radio show. All right. Hey, Vin, how you doing? Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. All right, folks, this is my friend Vin. I'm going to pronounce your name. Vin Ochani, right? That's right. You got it. Vin Ochani. So, uh, sorry, we, uh, we just had the Westchester County Executive call us on a surprise. How about that, Vin? That was awesome. That was a really good caller. Pretty cool. All right, so... I met Vin on Twitter, and we are Twitter friends, and we talk about St. John's on Twitter. And I call him a St. John's super fan because he always knows what he's talking about. He follows them as any, as strongly as any fan could. Uh, it's been fun to become your friend on Twitter, Vin, and I'm glad you could call today. Likewise, Vin. Pleasure to have you. This is awesome. Now, you're a lawyer in real life, right? Yes, I practice uh, during the day. I, I'm an adjunct at, on, at St. John's at night, a couple days a week. And uh, full-time St. John's fan. Now, how did you become a St. John's fan, Vin? Well, you know, I'm a Long Island guy, Jim. Grew up in Long Island, so I was watching them even before I went there. You know, I started, it was the freshman in 2002. Uh, but I was watching them through the Felipe years, you know, when I was in high school and so forth. And then, obviously, uh, you know, we had some tough times early on. And when I was in college with, uh, you know, all the changes that were had. I uh, went to law school there after. I took a year off in between undergrad and law school. Went to law school there and uh, stayed involved with the school very much, not just a fan, but in other ways. And now I've been teaching there as an adjunct for the last six years. Wow. You you're, you really bleed St. John's blood. You went there undergrad, you went there law school, and now you're an adjunct professor there. You got it. Pretty good. All right. So that's cool. And uh, uh, we've had a lot of fun, Vin and I. We, like, text each other. There's some big dramatic thing going on in Iona. We try to get scoop from each other. It's been kind of fun. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. It has been fun. All right, Vin. Uh, I'm really impressed 
with Coach Mike Anderson. That's what I'm going to lead with today. Since he's walked into that building, I'm really impressed with Coach Mike Anderson. He's a winner. He's a coach, a coach's coach. He has a style. He has a plan. He's got a strong assistant coaching staff. I'm really impressed. What are you thinking? Couldn't have put it better. I just simply see that the, the culture change. I'm huge on continuity. College basketball to me is about me, Jim, and I always talk about that. Continuity is the, the, the backbone for college basketball, having guys come back, know each other, know where they're going to be on the court, on and off the court, and he's building that. We, have, you know, we had a lot of underclassmen last year. Now they're going to be juniors. We're going to have return guys, and he's building that. We haven't had that for a while. We haven't had guys come back, create depth, you know, that fits his system. He wants a certain player to play a certain way, effort 100%, you know, over 100%. And like, to me, that's how you win in college basketball, and I think that's what I'm so impressed with him is he did it in such a short period of time, assembled a roster of his type of players, and I think it's really going to, take off this year, and I think, you know, in the future, when these kids are seniors next year and so forth, I think we're in for a couple of fun years. I agree, and I also think that you mentioned that he brought in his own culture, his own his own style. Um, I think the old-time Nolan Richardson basketball style that uh, Coach Anderson learned under and, and played himself and now uh, is installed in his teams, I think it's a great style of basketball for the New York metropolitan area. It's fun. It's fast. It requires, you know, 11, 12 guys, which obviously we haven't seen, you know, at St. John's for a while. Like even like, you know, the years we, you know, uh, Coach Lavin got us to the NCAAs or won 20 years Harrison senior year. You know, it was a lot of, you know, eight or nine guys at most. Now we're looking at, you know, 10, 11, maybe see 12 guys regularly playing, which is, we haven't seen that in a long time. It's going to be required for this type of system we're playing in. But it's fun. It's a fun system. I remember at his intro presser, he's talking about, like, if you go to the bathroom, you're going to miss something. You know, exactly. it's going to be that kind exactly. of basketball. And that's, like, fun when you're a fan, whether you're a diehard or a casual fan. You know, it's a fun product he puts on the floor. So it's, folks, just so you know, it's pressure basketball. That's the main word for Coach Anderson style. It's pressure basketball. They're pressuring on defense. They're getting the ball down the floor quickly. They're getting the, if it's an open look, they're taking the shot. But it's it's a motion offense, pressure defense, move the ball quickly. Everybody's hustling. Everybody's playing hard. If you're not hustling, playing hard, I've seen it, Vin. I'm sure you've seen it. He takes them off the floor if they're not hustling hard out there. Without a doubt. And he doesn't hesitate. He wants 100% effort, over 100% effort at all times. And, you know, it's not like, oh, you could take a playoff. One playoff, your butt's on the bench. And he's instilled that. And you see these guys bought in. We saw at the end of the year. Oh, you know, did we see that? People missed that, Vin. I think people, because we're, we're heading into the craziest time we've all lived in with this pandemic. But those uh, three of the last four St. John's games, they played some spectacular basketball. They really, they, it seemed like everything Anderson was working for for the season started clicking. You know, the Creighton win was terrific. Uh, the Georgetown win was terrific. What's the third one? I'm missing it, Vin. Do you remember? Well, we had Creighton on March 1st, and then we had uh, on the 7th at the Garden, we had Marquette, and then we had, uh, like you said, the Georgetown game. Yes. Obviously, you know, oh, Marquette, that's the other one, right, Marquette. Yeah. And then obviously halfway through the Creighton game, you know, we, we looked like the better team. We were up at half. We were excited. 
you know, we always I say it to a lot of our friends, we'll take it to the grave, you know, what would happen in that tournament. You know, who knows what it knows, but they were playing their best basketball in March and, you know, we'll never have known what would happen, but you could see that spilling into this year and I think that's why there's some excitement. No question. So I own so about to say Iona, because we're in the Rochelle here, Vin. You know, I own this big Iona yes. territory yeah. over here. Um, but St. John's was playing fabulous basketball. They were leading Creighton at the half, and then the pandemic exploded, and that was the end of college basketball. Uh, but it was, it was pretty cool, and I agree. And as far as I'm concerned, Vin, Iona won the big— I'm, I'm, Iona, I did it again. St. John's <laughs> won the Big East tournament this year. To the grave, we'll, we'll wonder what ha- would have happened. But yes, we won that Big East the tournament, rightfully so. Uh, I um, just so you know, Vin. I don't know if you knew this. I, uh, me and my buddies were going the next night for Friday night uh, for the Final Four. I was so, and it could have been St. John's. That would have been amazing. I've been texting with a group of my friends forever, talking about how Friday night steak dinner is what we've been longed for. Walking over to the Big East tournament Friday night at six forty-five, getting there at seven o'clock. Regardless, we're playing the first or second game. You know meet up at 4 o'clock, have our steak dinner, enjoy our drinks, and then, of course, they pull the rug out underneath us. But, you know, obviously safety came first. But we'll always wonder what would have happened and if we would have had that dinner. But hopefully it's coming soon. You're getting that dinner, Vin. You're definitely getting that dinner. You go hey, to Keene Steakhouse over there? That's where we go for our dinner for St. John's games. Hey, look, you can put me in any steakhouse if it means walking over to Friday Night Biggie's Tournament, Ben. Uh, all right, I'm with you all the way in that. All right, so uh, we got a couple of minutes. Let's turn to um, this year. Um, what's a player you're thinking about that's going to take a big leap this year, is going to be a much better player in 2020 this season than he was in the 2019-2020 season last season? I think we're going to see, if I can give two, I'll give you two. Sure. I think we're going to see a big difference in Dunn. I think Rod Dunn is going to really, we're, the Dunn we saw at the end of the year that really became you know, a, a a ball handler, a distributor. He saw him with the Creighton, find, Creighton game, find Greg Williams all over the floor. You saw that in the Marquette game. You know, we really saw him, you know, he's very good with the basketball, and we saw that more confidence level in him. So I really think, you know, I always say I think Dunn can have a Phil Green senior year. That's okay. what I always say. If I remember Phil Green senior year. We'll yeah, take that like in a minute. In a game, he was, you know, awesome from behind the arc. He's sure. Dynamic player. I think you're going to see some, Bill Green in Rod Dunn this year, and then I think Greg Williams is going to really take off this year. I think Greg Williams is really going to, you know, he's both sides of the floor, dynamic. On, you know, his defense is an offense. We saw the confidence level, how he played at the end, you know, 21 versus Creighton, 17 versus Marquette. So I think those two players, you know, perimeter guys are really going to, you know, athletic, tough kids. I think that's going to, you know, really give us that, you know, backbone that we have with this depth. So if you would ask me the question, my answer would have been Greg Williams. So we're thinking the same way, Vin. Yep. I think Greg Greg Williams has a full-court game, as you said. He can shoot. He can drive to the net. He can play defense. Coach Anderson has recognized that he's growing, and I think he's going to be a big big part of the team this year. Without that. All right, so I'm going to say last words. So get 10 seconds. Posh Alexander, I think he's going to be a star. I think I think I see some, I see some uh, tougher, even it's, Crazy to say it, but even a, maybe a tougher Kamar Baldwin down the line. You know, yeah. he's tough. He can go, you know, apparently can inside-outside game, can really uh, be a floor general. I see some Kamar Baldwin in there. You know, he's a freshman, obviously. We saw Baldwin shine later on, but he always, you know, had a solid four-year career. Uh, that's my comparison. All right, I like it. All right, so, Vin, we're, we hit the uh, 
We hit the commercial marks. So I want to A, thank you for calling. B, invite you in again. And C, since you're a smart lawyer, I hope you'll write a post for the website too. You got it. Uh, pleasure. Thanks for having me. And definitely do this again. Thanks, Vin. We'll do it again. Thanks, Sugar. That's my friend Vin Ochani, St. John Superfan. Uh, thank you, Vin. We're going to the commercial break. We're coming back for the second half of the show. I'm Jim Maysano. Dennis and Tawny and Good Morning Westchester. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9, right here on 1460 WVOX. 1460 WVOX. They're playing basketball. We love that basketball. They're playing basketball. Okay, folks. Jim Maysano back. College Hoops Chat. On WVOX 1460 AM, my favorite radio station. Happy to be here uh, for my third show of College Hoops Chat. I hope you all enjoying the show. The phone number now is 914-636-0110. That's 914-636-0110. This is the open line section of the show. Anybody wants to call to talk about anything, we'd greatly appreciate it. I know... Kenny from Rise playing the call. Um, any, we'd like some other calls too, folks. Come on. You tell me what you think about college basketball this upcoming season. Are you worried about it? You worried it's even going to be one? Someone said that to me this week by uh, a, a tweet saying, listen, I know you got this radio show, but I'm worried that we're going to have a season. So uh, let's hope that's not true. I mean, obviously, uh, the virus is a threat to the college basketball season. It's, it's certainly not a, a zero threat. It's a, a real threat. Um, because the NCAA uh, medical experts are recommending to conferences that if one player on a college basketball team gets COVID, the entire team has to shut down for two weeks. Did you catch that, folks? The entire team has to shut down in two weeks. You got to figure some kids are going to get it unless they can do some kind of bubble on these campuses. Uh, and it's going to shut teams down. They're going to a lot of games may not get played. That's maybe the biggest threat to the season. They're going to have a college basketball season. How many teams will complete their season with that COVID restriction? Um, it's a, it's tricky. It's definitely tricky. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I think they got to modify that. I don't. You know, they're not doing that in other sports. They're not doing that in college football. I don't know why college basketball has to be stricter than every other sport. But that's something I think that's going to be debated by in the conferences, the individual conferences. Don't have to follow uh, those protocols, so we'll see how that plays. We're going to talk more about the uh, health rules and protocols for college basketball. All right, we have a phone call. Let's go to the phone line. Good evening. James. Kenny from Rye. How we doing, buddy? Great to see you. How's everything? Good, good, good. Thank you for having me on. No problem. Did you catch the prior section? We had a St. John's fan, a little rivalry for a Providence guy. I did, I did. He had uh, some great feedback, and I think it's an interesting program on the rise, definitely. Um, I think one of the things for them is is obviously the constant introduction of a lot of new players, which obviously makes it difficult, and probably even a little bit more difficult this year, obviously, with the fact that we have kind of a shorter 
preseason but prior to the uh, in in conference games getting started, which you know start now in the middle of, de- of December, if I'm at least for the Big East. Absolutely. That is. So I thought that was a great point Vin made about continuity at this point in modern day college basketball as the key, and he's really right. Teams that have kids that stay for two or three years at least are the teams that are going far in the NCAA tournament. You don't see Kentucky winning anymore. It's teams that have some juniors and seniors that have been at the program are doing much better in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you, you saw it in particular, you know, from a perspective of when teams gel correct, uh, correctly. You know, and, and that's usually in the second half of the year. I mean, if you look at, and since we're focusing on the Big East here, I mean, that's what Jay Wright talks about all the time. You know, buying into the culture, buying into the fact that, you know, they stay and come at least for two or three years. Now, obviously, he's had some great success with guys going to the pros, but they still are staying two or three years, and then we see the success they've had not only in the league but also in the postseason as well. And that's where I think where we really get to see uh, what the school is all about. And unfortunately, we didn't have that last year. So I think it is a little bit more difficult this year bringing into the new year of uh, kind of where teams are going to be, and in this case, the Big East. And I think, jokingly aside, the one thing that the polls have, uh, that, that are year after year is they're wrong, uh, except for the fact that Villanova, which you know has always come in on, on top, uh, the other two through 11 uh, seem to be you know pretty much incorrect in the beginning of the year, and so we'll have to wait through halfway through the year to see how things start to shake out. So I I am. Um, do you ever go to uh, Ken Palm? Ken Pomerantz's website, Ken. I do not know. Right, so we're gonna have to connect you. I'm gonna talk to you tomorrow about it. Um, he's got a fabulous website that ranks all 353 college basketball teams every day. A daily update of the entire nation with some really good algorithms. That uh, it's it's terrific. And it's probably and literally coaches and bookies go on there. Uh, that's how important it is. Okay, Ken. I believe it. I believe he, it. I mean, if it's all based on analytics, that's where everything's going. He's the first uh, one to agree our, with you, though. Know, our suffering Mets will do the same. Yeah, well, uh, yes. Well, the Mets, that's a whole other <laughs> show. Get the whole show on the Mets. Um, but Ken Pomerantz, who's really the guru now in college basketball, actually agrees with who you said. If you, if you see him on a talk show, he'll tell you, I know my first ranking that's come out isn't going to be right. It's a projection. The best <laughs> I could do is take a look at who's coming back and do a projection. <clears throat> But don't trust my ranking for a couple of months. Let the season get rolling. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is, from a perspective, of we know it's a guard-driven league. I mean, it is completely, and more so than ever, a point guard, off-guard-driven league. And obviously with the three-pointer, it's even that much more important. So the fact is, what we see is, year after year, and I'll use Providence as my example because I follow them religiously, is the fact is we, had a, we suffered dramatically in the first half of the year last year because we had introduced a new point guard to the team who was a transfer. And so that he struggled in the first half of the year, and if you look at the second half of the year, we were ranked as the one of the top ten teams from a schedule perspective in a win-loss column. We were one of the hottest teams coming into the Big East, and that was completely due to the fact that the point guard, his whole stat line changed, and the whole team bought into it, and I always think Ed does an excellent job of coaching up, particularly in, in the second half of the year. The team got better and better and better, and I think that's what you have to look at all these teams about. You know, and just just going back to our local school, Iona College. I mean, that that Rick is smart. He knows that 
he's got a backcourt that's stable and it's been there before, and so that they will continue to lead the other three on the court at that time. And I think that's pretty much the way it's going to go in the Big East as well. So you look for stability and maturity in the back in the backcourt, and then the question is, how do they mature throughout the year? All right, Ken, we have another caller, so let, let's quickly go, uh, and we'll talk about this, and we'll go to the next caller, and we'll get you on. You're becoming a regular caller, Ken, so I'm expecting every week now. Yeah, of um, course. Here's the ranking by the coaches in the Big East for the Big East season, their projection. Number one, Villanova. Number two, Creighton. Number three, Kenny from Rise, Providence Friars. Number four, Connecticut. Number five, Seton Hall. Number six, Marquette. Number seven, Xavier. Number eight, Butler. Number nine, St. John Red Storm, my Big East squad. Number 10, DePaul. And number 11, Georgetown. Now, Ken, let me tell you something funny. I saw a tweet when this came out that said St. John's number nine. And I said, that's ridiculous. And I ran to get the list and I look at the list, and you know, Butler and Xavier are ahead of St. John's, and that's they're pretty damn good teams. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and just to leave you on one note, because I know you have another caller, I think, I mean, the, <clears throat> excuse me, the thing that, to think about is there's a couple of wire cards. We have the introduction of UConn back into the Big East, uh, good or bad, but obviously from a perspective of Hurley has taken the job uh, with, it, with this expectation, and obviously he's going to recruit around that. So uh, it's, it's interesting to see what they're going to do. And as you say, they are rent. They are ranked fourth, but the big, you know, you have wild cards. You have you know, Marquette and Xavier both have, to, you know, had top 25 recruiting classes last year. So, they're, you know, how they mature throughout the year, they could be, end up being the most dangerous, you know, most dangerous programs in the, you know, in the, let's see, the back 25% of the schedule because we have a compressed schedule this year. So that, that, that could be interesting to see as well. But as you say, St. John's ranked ninth, but, as you say, it's hard. It's hard to look at the teams uh, you know, above them and and, and, dis- and dispute it. Right. So, I'll tell you. I, I know the St. John's team really well, and I'm very impressed with them. I think they're going to have a good season. I think they're going to win 20 and be a threat for the NCAA tournament. But if St. John's is really nine, that tells you the Big East is really good. Yeah, the Big East is back and better than ever. I mean, the, what what they've what they've built over the course of the last handful of years has been great. Uh, the introduction of UConn is uh, is only going to strengthen their their situation in the Northeast and obviously bring a better presence to the Garden if we ever get back there uh, for the Big East tournament. But you're right. I mean, from a perspective, top to bottom, there's probably no better league. And each team, even look at DePaul. I mean, they're at the bottom. And they're, they're at the bottom, good. and they have they have a, a potential pro and a potential All American in their point guard. So I mean, you know, you've you've got teams that are really getting their act together, and then, so you you don't have to be a football conference uh, to be a great basketball. I agree. Fan. All right, Ken, we'll have that be the last word. I'll talk to you again next week. All right, James, good talking to you, buddy. Thank you, Kenny from Rye. All right, Bye-bye. let's go to the next phone line. We have another caller. Uh, good evening. Hey, yes, I was just curious your thoughts on on the Big East. I know it's early; teams haven't practiced much, but like. There's usually a surprise team, a team that kind of is picked in the bottom three or four that does better than expected. And who, who do you think that might be this year? Well, that's a really good question. So um, I was a little surprised by the rankings, I have to tell you. I, I mean, I, I was surprised that Connecticut was all the way up to number four. Uh, I have some doubts about that. I think Nova, Creighton, Providence, three really strong programs. I've seen what Seton Hall's done there, number five. Uh, so now we're getting down a little bit where you're asking about Marquette and Xavier, Butler, St. John's, DePaul, and Georgetown. Uh, I think Georgetown's going to have a very weak year. That is, from what I've seen so far, that is, you know, they lost a lot of players. They have apparently a very good recruiting class, but for next year. So the kids that are graduating from high school this year, uh, they have three good recruits for next year. But for this year, it's going to be a long season for Georgetown. 
DePaul, I always have my question mark. So I guess we're talking about, you know, Marquette, Xavier, Butler, and St. John's, right? Those would be the four that might surprise. Um, you know, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm going to sound like such a homer, but I'm going to say St. John's Red Storm. Interesting. Thank you. I also, was, can I ask another um, add-on question, if you don't mind? Yeah, well, I could just don't, I just... You know, I just think that the, what Mike Anderson has done with that program, he built it around his style, got the players he wants to come. I think it's going to click this year. But here, but let me be brutally honest. I may be wrong. It may take another year. But we'll, we're going to have to see. Go ahead. Uh, what do you think of fans? Any, op, any chance fans being at games? Or do you think it'll just be limited media and players only? So what I think, I, I, I've, I, I'm not funny, check out my website this week. I'm going to try to get a post up on this. I made a call to the New York State Governor's Office. Well, actually, I made a call to a state legislator who made a call to the Governor's Office. They're going to get me um, some information. Um, I think the mere fact that the state of New York isn't allowing fans into any sporting events right now, not even outdoor sporting events like college football, makes me think New York is not letting fans into basketball games. But, right, it's going to be state by state. You know, they may, so for instance, right, uh, Xavier's in Cincinnati. Maybe Ohio has a different rules than New York does. Uh, the conferences are going to have their rules, but remember, regardless of what a conference sets as its rules regarding fans, the local state health department can always trump that. So I think there's a lot of moving parts here. Uh, so I think we'll see, but you might, you're going to see conferences, I believe, where some teams have fans and others don't. That's even going on in college basketball, uh, college football right now. All right. Thank you very much. Oh, thank Good you for the call. Please show. call again. Great call. Thank you so much. All right, folks, we hit the commercial break. Great call. I appreciate it. I'm Jim Maysano, just a college hoops chat. One more commercial, and then we'll be back for the final segment of the show. And you can call us right now during the break to get on 914-636-0110. Chester, and now all over the world. 1460 Okay, folks, we're back for the final segment of the show. I am Jim Masano at College Hoops Chat. On WVOX 1460 AM, my favorite radio station. So happy to be here with all of you tonight. I'm having fun on the show. Great callers. Thank you from my friend Vin Ochani, our special guest, St. John's Superfan. We had Kenny from Rye talking about the Big East. And our third caller, I didn't get the gentleman's name, but he asked some great questions. Tough one, too. What, what team on the bottom of the Big East do I think is going to surprise? Of course, I went with my favorite team, the St. John's, so... Uh, uh, call me a homer. What can I do? But it was an excellent question. Then he asked about the fans, which we also talked about earlier on the show. And it's really a, such an interesting question about fans at college basketball games. I'm going to touch on that in a second. But let me remind everybody, we got more room to squeeze in calls. Ten more minutes to squeeze in calls. Somebody's listening out there. You have a question. You have a comment. You have a thought. Give us a call. If you disagree with something we said, give us a call. 914 
914-636-0110. That's 914-636-0110. It's very important to me that this be an open line show, that we have discussions and debates. Uh, that's what's great about sports. I remember when I was a young guy sitting around a bar and uh, talking about politics with my buddies. It was uh, some of the real great times in my life. Uh, we could argue and debate all night in a respectful way like like friends. And uh, we're going to do that right here on this basketball show every week. 914-636-0110. Uh, so call about anything you think about college basketball. That's what this show is for. Uh, the show works better when people give us a call. So I appreciate that. So on the fans issue, what I was trying to get at, but we were bumping up against the commercial break is, we're pro I don't believe the NCAA is going to take any position on fans. That's what they're indicating at this time. Fans at games. They're going to leave it to the conferences and they're going to leave it to the state governments. And maybe even some states, local governments. But uh, obviously with college football, what we're seeing right now is states are handling it differently, right? There are states that are allowing 20, 25% of the stadium to be full for a college football game. Uh, there are states that are allowing no one. I haven't seen any state that went above 20, 25% because you have to have social distancing. So, but I, but so basically right now, college football is like zero to 25% outdoors at college football games. That's where we're at. And it's, it's different by conference and different by state. Um, in, for college basketball, all I could do at this point is predict. The best I can give you is a prediction. My prediction is the NCAA will not take a position on fans. My second prediction is that the, some conferences may make some rules regarding fans. Others are not going to. They're going to say whatever the rules are in the local jurisdiction, that's what you play under. Which makes me think that there's going to be conferences in America uh, where some teams get the green light to have some fans out of college basketball game. And you're going to have other conferences uh, that have no fans. Now, we're in the Northeast. And the Northeastern states tend to be more aggressive about their COVID restrictions. Uh, so I doubt, as I sit here today with all of you, I doubt we're going to see fans at games in the Northeast. Other parts of the country, possible. South, West, maybe. Maybe. But then you get out to the far West, California, Oregon, uh, in the state of Washington, where they've got some pretty strict rules there, too. I don't expect to see fans at those college basketball games. So the coasts are one thing. A south and west, we'll see. So I think it's going to be a hodgepodge of rules. I think you're going to turn on the TV and see some fans at some games and zero fans at other games, which is exactly what's happening right now with college football. Uh, last, I watch a lot of college football. Uh, I watch three games every Saturday. And sure enough, one game I tune into... Uh, has the place about a quarter full, maybe 20% full. And other games I watch, there's not a single person in stands. So every now and then you see where they have, like, maybe the families. Families uh, of the players, and that's it. So, and that may be the case, too. Maybe schools for college basketball, the families go into the games, uh, but not uh, fans. So, a lot has to play out. We have to get to the college basketball season. You know, we, we're... Uh, and I forgot the exact number, 23, 24 days away from the opening day of college basketball. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun, even if we get to watch the games on TV. You know, uh, listen, I would like to go. I live in New Rochelle, New York. Rick Pitino is the coach of the Iona Gales. 
I'm doing this radio show, and I have a website that's covering Iona College. I want to go to the games, right? I'm, I'm a guy that really wants to go to the games. I don't know if I'm going to be able to, uh, but I'll watch every minute on TV. Absolutely will do that, and I will. Uh, I know people all the country are going to feel that. Even if we can't go to the games, at least we can watch the games. It's better than nothing. It's better than nothing if we get to watch the games. Uh, anybody want to give us a call? We got about six minutes left of the show. 914-636-0110. Um, so that's the situation with fans. I'm going to write about it when I get a little more information. I know Iona is in the MAC conference, the M-A-A-C. Uh, and at this point, they're saying no fans until the new year. Um, but again, as far as I can see, based on my knowledge of the New York state government, uh, regardless of what the MAC conference says, the schools in the MAC, like Manhattan and Iona, uh, I don't think you're going to be able to have fans based on how, what I know uh, the governor office is thinking now. And I'm hopefully going to have something more for you soon on the website. I'm working on an article for that right now. Again, the website is collegehoopschat.com. Collegehoopschat.com. We got some good posts up already. Uh, a couple of them, I have to tell you, I'm a little pleasantly surprised. Got hundreds of hits. Hundreds of people went and looked at my posts. So, so far, uh, between the radio show and the website, not only am I having fun, uh, but it seems to be working because I've always loved college basketball. I've told you in the first show, when I was a kid, when I was like literally 12, 13, 14, I was watching college basketball. Not a lot of other kids were. Um, it came on after the cartoons when I was a little kid. I just kept it on. I watched college basketball. And I loved it my whole life. And uh, I, times in my life, I worked a lot of hours. Uh, I was an elected official, if you don't know that, for 20-plus uh, years. I was a Westchester County legislator representing New Rochelle and Pelham. And if you, if you know anything about elected officials, you, you're out a lot at night uh, going to events. I used to, you know, first VCR tape, and then later on, DVR the games and I'd watch them when I got home 11 o'clock at night. That's how committed I was to watching my teams. Uh, so I've always loved college basketball. No matter how many hours I worked, I found time to watch games. Uh, it's a great sport. I love the teamwork. I love the discipline. I love uh, how much coaching matters in college basketball. I love that college spirit. I love the pageantry. Um, I love the NCAA tournament. I love the whole thing. I have a lot of fun being a college basketball fan. And this radio show and my website are my first time as I get older, uh, moving towards retirement, I can take on something like this and have some fun with something I love. And I do love college basketball. Always have. Um, all right. So again, the number here, if we want, somebody wants to squeeze in a call is 914-636-0110. So we talked about that, I, that um, Big East Conference ranking. You can't argue... This is the coaches, folks. The coaches in the Big East Conference did a projection uh, of, of who they thought was the best to the worst team in the Big East. So I didn't tell you that the points, uh, the votes. So Villanova was number one with 99 votes. I mean, that's uh, pretty strong. That means a lot of people voted for Villanova. Uh, a lot of teams voted for They got a lot of votes, 99. Second place was Creighton at 91. Uh, Creighton's got a strong program. I haven't looked close enough yet to really know the program, but I know they got a lot some guys back. They have some good recruiting. They got 91 votes. They got a great coach. Uh, it's a strong program. Number three, Providence. Now, Kenny from Rye called before. Uh, I, I watched Providence multiple times last year, and there was no question 
in my mind, that they were getting better and better as the season progressed. Uh, they would have been a tough out if they made the NCAA tournament. Uh, they would have been a tough out of the Big East tournament. Uh, Providence had a really good team at the end of the season. They got a lot of guys back. Um, I, I, I can certainly see Providence number three, maybe even number two. Uh, they got 79 votes. Number four is the newbie that was an oldie for the Big East Conference. Connecticut is back. UConn is back. Was in was the uh, in the original Big East for years. They switched. Uh, now they wanted to come back. They have a Hurley as a coach, Danny Hurley. Uh, they have really big-time recruits coming in, and uh, we'll see what happens with that. But Connecticut's going to be a tough team in the Big East, and they always were a great team, and I'm glad they're back. I saw some coaches complaining about them coming back. You know what? You want to be the best. You want to be the best. You have to take on the best. And that's a great program at, at Connecticut. And it's getting better under Danny Hurley. So I'm, I'm glad Connecticut's going to mean a better Big East. Number five, Seton Hall. Kevin Willard's a great coach. He's built a great program. Um, there's no question in my mind uh, that they're going to have a strong team this year. Here's your top five. They got 67 votes. I don't know if I said Connecticut got 69 votes. Then there's a real drop. So the top five goes from 67 to 99, but then you go to 50. Number six team is Marquette at 50. Uh, we're running out of time, so Xavier got 47 votes. Butler got 37. St. John's got 33. They got a couple teams real close there. Marquette and Xavier are close. Butler St. John's are close. And at the bottom, you have DePaul and Georgetown. DePaul, 20 votes. Georgetown, 13. So um, there you have it for the Big East. That's the projection of the coaches. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, in the season. That's the only ranking that matters, right? Play the games and do the standings, and there's your ranking. When you get on the floor, we see how good all these teams are. All right, that's going to be my last word. I'm Jim Maysano. This is College Hoops Chat. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for our three callers. I greatly appreciate it. I'll be back here next Monday night, 8 o'clock, for College Hoops Chat. Have a great week. Bye-bye. <laughs>